Hi everyone, Pentecost is one of the three big festivals in the Christian calendar. Christmas, where we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Easter, his death and resurrection, and then Pentecost, the sending of his Holy Spirit upon the church. Now the Greek word Pentecosta means 50th, and Pentecost comes 50 days after Passover, 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus. In Hebrew, this festival is known as Shavuot, it is the Feast of Weeks, or also known as the Feast of Harvest in Exodus 23, or the Day of First Fruits, Numbers 28. And Jesus, of course, was the first fruit of the resurrection when he rose from the dead. And we see a harvest of people on that first Pentecost when Peter preaches to the crowds and 3,000 are saved, putting their faith in Jesus. In this sense, Pentecost is also the birthday of the church when that early church was first grown in size at the very beginning. So let me read to you verses on that first Pentecost. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Are you amazed and perplexed, asking, what does this mean? Well, from the account of that first day of Pentecost, we see four things about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that impact us. Firstly, we see that the coming of the Spirit is supernatural. On that day of Pentecost, we read of some events and experiences that can only be described as supernatural. The sound of a blowing wind filling the whole house, tongues of fire separating and resting on the disciples, beginning to speak in other tongues. You know, being filled with the Spirit is at the same time naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. And what does this supernatural outpouring of the Spirit bring in our lives? Well, firstly, power. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in Luke 24, 49, Jesus, after his resurrection, said to his disciples, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, the New Testament Greek word for power is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. St. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, describes the 
incomparably great power of the Spirit in us, like he says, the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. So the same resurrection power of the Spirit that actually raised Jesus from the grave now lives in you and me when we're filled with the Spirit. I wonder, do you need some extra Holy Spirit oomph in your life right now? It's a little bit like your phone. If you don't charge it, it runs out of power, out of battery. Maybe your battery's feeling a bit flat right now and what you need is the Holy Spirit's power to recharge you. The, uh, the next thing this Holy Spirit brings supernaturally in our lives is fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit grows the character traits of Jesus Christ in us as he forms our own character. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 lists nine fruit of the Spirit. Now, an easy way to remember them is this. The first two, love, joy, pretty easy to remember. Then PP, peace, patience. GG, gentleness, goodness. And KFC, not fried chicken, but kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. So just remember, love, joy, PP, GG, KFC. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. I wonder, is there an aspect of your character that if you're honest, you'd love to change? Maybe at times, like me, you can be a bit impatient. Or do you get easily angered? Or do you sometimes struggle with jealousy? Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit can help form, change, mold your character. So he brings power. He brings the fruit of the Spirit. This supernatural outpouring of the Spirit also brings us gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts, as listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Now, the gifts are related both to seemingly natural abilities and more obviously supernatural ones. Faith itself is a gift. Paul prays uh, that the Ephesians may be strengthened by God, he says, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Ephesians 3, 16, 17. Actually, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3 that only by the Holy Spirit in us can anyone say Jesus is Lord and mean it. But there are also other more supernatural gifts that the Spirit brings, such as the gift of tongues, words of knowledge, prophecy, and the gift of healing. I remember a number of years back, I was leading an Alpha Holy Spirit weekend away. And we just had that time of prayer ministry when we pray, come Holy Spirit, and we get to pray for each other. It's a beautiful moment. At the end of that session, one of the Alpha small group hosts uh, who was there, he came up to me and he, he said, Miles, can I ask you a question? Did you ever injure your left foot or ankle? I said, yeah. Uh, I did. And this was about 12 years previously. And he said, it's just that when you got up and you prayed, come Holy Spirit, he said, I, I looked, and I saw you wearing what looked like a blue surgical boot on your left foot. I thought, oh no, Miles has injured himself. 
He said, but then I sort of blinked and it was gone. Did that ever happen? I said, yeah, exactly that. 12 years ago, I tore the ligaments in my left ankle and they put me in a blue surgical boot. And whilst the ligaments healed, it's remained painful to this day. Actually, when I walk, it hurts every day. And he said, well, I think the Lord gave me that sign because he wants you to be healed. So I sat down in a chair and he put his hand on my ankle and began to pray for healing in the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. First few seconds, nothing happened. But then this incredible heat began to surge through my ankle and the pain went. And I can honestly say to this day, I've not had any pain ever since. Do you need healing today? Later, we can pray for you that the Lord will touch you with his spirit and heal you in the name of Jesus. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. Secondly, from this account in the book of Acts, we see that the outpouring of the Spirit is uni universal. What do I mean by universal? Well, on that day of Pentecost, the witnesses in the crowd in Jerusalem were, we're told, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And the list of those who heard the disciples declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues came from at least 15 different regions or language groups listed in the passage. This attests to the universality of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's for everyone, and that includes you. This is the opposite of what happened at the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, when humankind was divided and scattered through a multiplicity of languages and misunderstanding. But when Peter preaches to the crowd, he quotes from the prophet Joel in Joel 2.28, and he says this in Acts 2 verse 17. Quoting from Joel, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It's regardless of gender. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. It's regardless of age. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It's regardless of our job or our social standing. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. Now, the fact that everyone hears the disciples in their own language speaks of this. But if I'm honest, I think sometimes the church today, as a subculture, has a little bit of a language problem. We need to share our faith in ordinary language, in a way culturally that people will understand. Just recently, I learned of um, someone who uh, had gone to work as usual in the office where they work. And as they were leaving the office for the day, they suddenly really felt the Holy Spirit prompt them to turn around, to go back into the office and to invite a colleague to come to church because it was just before Easter. And Easter Sunday is a great time to invite people to church. So they felt this prompting by the Spirit and they obeyed. He turned back round, he went back into the office and he saw the colleague 
who sits at the desk next to his. So he went up to him and said, um, hi, I ho hope you don't mind, but I just wondered, you know, this coming Sunday is Easter Sunday, and I just wondered, do you want to come to my church with me? And his colleague said, what, why would I come to an Easter service? And as he opened his mouth, this guy said, well, Easter is all about the, the resurrection of Jesus. But what that means is if Jesus was resurrected, we can have a fresh start as well. We can have a completely new chapter in our lives. Everything can change. Would you like to come? There's a bit of a pause. And then his colleague said, mm, no, thanks. I think I'm okay. So the guy left the office and thought, Lord, what was that about? I thought you told me to go back in and talk about this coming Sunday. But maybe I heard wrong. Well, a few weeks later, who comes up to him in the office but another colleague? And he said, oh, I've been coming along to your church. It's amazing. I came that first time on Easter Sunday. And the guy said, wow, what made you come on Easter Sunday? He said, well, you don't know this, but do you remember the other week when you came into the office and you started inviting so-and-so to come to church on Easter? Well, he said, you couldn't see me, but one of the floor tiles under my desk had come loose. So just before you started talking to him, I went under my desk, I was on my hands and knees so you couldn't see me, and I was putting the floor tile back into the floor. He said, but as you were talking about the resurrection, you said something. You said it, it, if the resurrection is true, it means that we can have a completely fresh start. And in that moment, on my hands and knees under my desk, I thought, that's exactly what I want. So I came along to church. You know, do you need a fresh start today? The Holy Spirit is for you. The third thing we see about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is it's eschatological. Oh, wow, what does that mean? That's a big word. Well, it's from the Greek word eschaton, which refers to the last sort of ordained climax of history, when at the end of time, Jesus returns, when all people will be resurrected, judged, and worship the Lord in the new heaven and the new earth. You see, the scene on that day of Pentecost of people from so many nations and tribes putting their faith in Jesus and worshiping him, it's like a foretaste of what is to come at the es eschaton as described in Revelation chapter 21, verse one to four. In other words, the giving of the Holy Spirit tells us that no matter how tough your situation is right now, this is not how your story ends. It's not how the story ends. The cross, resurrection, and sending of the Holy Spirit tells us there's real hope. It ends well. As a friend of mine always says, all will be well in the end. So if right now all is not well, it's not the end. In Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, St. Paul puts it this way. He says, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what awaits us. You know, if you're buying something very valuable, you might put a deposit down, guaranteeing ownership. Jesus bought you with his blood shed on the cross. Paul writes, you are not your own, you are bought at a price. And the Holy Spirit guarantees that you are his and will inherit all that is to come when Christ returns. That is amazing hope. Do you need some fresh hope today? And fourthly, the outpouring of the Spirit is Christological. By this, I mean the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus Christ. You are a co-heir with Christ, Galatians 4, 7. You're a child of God. And Paul writes this, he says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, Romans 8, 16. And that God sent the Spirit of the Son into our hearts the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. You know, on the day of Pentecost, the spirit enabled everyone to hear about God in their own language, in a way that they could understand. And the incarnation did the same. God came to us in the person of his son, born one of us. Jesus, human, to reveal himself to us in a way that we can understand. You see, both the incarnation and the Holy Spirit contextualize and point us to Jesus, the supreme revelation of God. Do you want God to reveal himself to you today? Nikki Gumbel was here with us in KL back in November, and he told about someone who came on the last uh, Alpha Small Group that he'd just run, a guy called Kay. Kay's parents had been immigrants from Hong Kong, and uh, Kay was very close to his parents, but sadly, uh, his mum passed away, and Kay really grieved the loss of his mum and struggled to recover. And as part of that, he started to smoke weed every day and his life just spiraled down and finally thought, I can't take any more. So he went to the grave where his mum was buried to say goodbye. But as he was in that graveyard, just to the side of him in the ground, he saw a credit card lying there and he picked up the credit card. And to his surprise, he recognized the name. It was the name of it a guy he'd been at school with years and years before, but lost contact with, a guy called Nana. So he then went on Facebook, got in touch with Nana and said, uh, is this your credit card? I, I think I found it by my mum's grave. And Nana got in touch with him and said, yeah, actually I, I'm grieving as well. I recently lost my brother and he's buried in the same graveyard. And I was just there before you and it must have fallen, on my, fallen out of my pocket. So they arranged to meet up for coffee to hand over the card. And when they did, they, they shared what they were going through, their loss. 
But Nana also shared how his faith in Jesus had really helped him through the tough time. And he invited Kay to come on an Alpha course. And that's how Kay ended up in Nikki Gumbel's small group. And on the Holy Spirit Day in the middle of the course, Nikki prayed for Kay to receive Christ as his saviour and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which he was. As Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And Jesus set Kay free from his addictions. He stopped smoking and his life turned around and he was filled with a new joy. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in us. And right now, I'd love to pray for him to fill you. Let's pray. Just echo this prayer in your heart. Come, Holy Spirit, would you come now and fill me with your presence? And just receive. Maybe your battery feels flat and you need that power, that charging of the Spirit. May the Spirit come now and recharge you that you can have life and life in all of its fullness, not life in all of its flatness. Come, Holy Spirit. And if you need healing right now, just pray for this sickness to be gone in the name of Jesus. Whatever the condition is, I think there's somebody and you've got a, a, a spinal condition as well. Just pray for it to be healed now in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing in Jesus' name and be filled with the presence and power of the Spirit. And may the fruit of the Spirit grow in you, that aspect of your character that you'd love to change. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, would you send your Spirit and begin to mold our character and grow the fruit of the Spirit in us, that we might glorify you and be transformed into your likeness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.